1: For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau
2: is a cathedral,
1: this is Packs What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And boy, that sucked. There was nothing fun about Thursday Night Football uh, yesterday when the Packers hosted the Lions. Um, Just a beatdown. In just about every phase of the game, really, not too many silver linings. But we'll we'll talk about the couple ones that were there if we can find some. Perry, how are you doing?
1: Um, that was not fun. I expected a little <laughs> bit more from this team uh, in their first primetime game. Not not the best. Um, also, doesn't help that it was a division rival. I think that probably was pretty cathartic for the Lions team and Lions fans. So I guess good for them. Um, I've been thinking about this game all day. It's been a little less than 24 hours we're recording this. And uh, I have a list of six things that I can point to of why I think this went so horribly wrong. So nothing like a little processing um, <laughs> to get you through your Friday workday.
2: So let's, let's hear number one then let's just, let's just get started. What, what went wrong? And then we'll maybe find some things that went right at the very end. Yeah.
1: So, well, let's, let's, we'll, we'll break it down. Um. Well, I'm going to start with the offense. Cause I feel like the defense is actually a lot harder to decipher. I don't know if you feel this way, just because like this offense is new, right? I feel like there were some things and now I don't think this loss like really necessarily should be attributed to like growing pains because it was just, embarrassing from like start to finish. However, like I give the offense like a little bit more leeway, I guess. So we'll get to the defense in a second. But my number one is that obviously this offensive line got bullied from start to finish. Um, I think the interior offensive line was definitely worse than the tackles, but the tackles couldn't really do anything because Love had to like back himself up like 10 yards to, in order to try to attempt to throw the ball. So just all of it offensive line is probably my number 1 just because I feel like when you get bullied that badly at the line of scrimmage it's a trickle effect to everything else, right? So you have that you have too many like 5 7 step dropbacks for love when he has no time. Like they're they're calling these, and this is, like, my indictment on Matt LaFleur in this game, which is you're calling these plays, these long-developing passing plays, when Love clearly has no time in the pocket in order for these plays to develop. So, I just don't know why, even after, like, the second three and out, right? Because there was three three and outs to start the game. Like, one and two, not going well. Second one, maybe let's try some, like, quick throws. Or, like... Run the ball. You know, just, like, so he can get the ball out of his hands before his pocket completely collapses. Third, run game. Either they just, like, didn't try it or it wasn't there. There was no blocking. But now you're all lopsided and you have to throw the ball because it's third and 19. Um, And the line's pressure was just really good, right? And they won the line of scrimmage. Um, My last one is... (laughs) the coverage was really good. So no one was open. So Love has a collapsing pocket. He's holding on to the ball. He has these five, seven step dropbacks, and no time to get the ball out of his hands and <laughs> no one's open for him to make something happen. So just all around, I think like poor line play receivers, not getting open. I don't think Matt called like a particularly good game. You have no run game and your poor quarterback is like, completely overwhelmed. um, I can't even get through his progressions to get the ball out. So.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's key things that the lions did right. With all of your points, the offensive line tackles are playing better than the guards. Great. Inside stunts. All of a sudden your edge rushers are spinning into the inside. And now instead of going up against Rashid Walker, they're in Royce Newman's face and Royce Newman is on his butt. And they are going after Jordan love. Like it was just like problem after problem. It was, it was a domino effect. And that was this entire game. We knew the run game was going to be tough sledding. The Lions hadn't given up 100 yards on the ground all all season. We didn't expect the Packers to rush for 100 yards, but you certainly expected them to put up more than 22 or whatever they ended up with in a game like this. Aaron Jones was back. Aaron Jones, I don't think touched the ball until the second half. Like, it's just some real head scratchers. And for as much as we've talked about, you know, like stock down uh, AJ Dillon this season this was not on AJ Dillon, <laughs> like this no, offensive no, no. line, like no, nobody was going to find success last night against, against that, uh, or behind that line Yeah. Um, so I don't know what you do, right. Because you're already on your backups.
1: You're already, I don't know, like have your depth. You can't rush Elton Jenkins back, you know? So I think Matt, if I'm Matt, I'm taking a look at what this Lions pass rush did. And I'm saying, okay, I need to find a counter to this now because now all of a sudden my offensive line is a weak spot when it was supposed to be its strength. Our pass game was supposed to be the way that we mitigate the fact that the Lions are a very good run defending team and it didn't work. And if you can't run the ball and you can't get the time off to throw the ball, then you're going to see what exactly happened to the backers, which is a lot of punts. Um, So, and again, I'm not putting this game really on anyone in particular. I think it was just an entire offensive side of the ball, like, collapse.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, there's a couple of different ways to look at this, too. And there was a tweet uh, Mike Garofolo had said, like, mid-game that it seemed like it was going to be the A.J. Dillon show from a certain point out because uh, Aaron Jones was sitting with a wrap on his leg and probably precautionary. And I had tweeted, like, I guess this is the only upside of Thursday night football at this point, because then you can get healthy for week five. And some of the the responses are valid and fair. People had said like, you can't keep waiting on guys to get healthy. And while that's true, there is a clear talent differential between all pro Jair Alexander and Corey Ballantyne. And I thought, I thought Corey Ballantyne actually played pretty well to be quite honest. But yeah, I mean, it's really hard to talk about where this team has these deficits knowing that they are this banged up, like none of your offensive line at this point, maybe one is like a preferred starter. Josh Myers doesn't look the part really, you know, J R J got hurt like the second play of the game rolled his ankle. So as much as you obviously can't wait for these guys to get healthy and you have to find ways to scheme guys open and, you know, take some pressure off love. There is something to be said about not having your full arsenal available. And I think that's why it, it was kind of a head scratcher to not see Aaron Jones more involved because he was at least available for part of the game on Thursday. And even if he was on a snap count, like you expected him to get more looks yeah. than he had.
1: I just, I would have used him earlier. Yeah. Right. Cause by the time that you're using Aaron Jones, you're kind of already in a hole. And like, I just don't know if there's an answer really to like, they got 10 plays before it was like 24 to three, you know, yeah. it, it just like, it was a total beat down. And part of me is just like, the Lions are a better team. Like the Lions are just clearly a better team. They're a well-coached team. They were a more physical team. They won at both lines of scrimmage, defense and offense. And like, when you do that and you end up winning the turnover differential, like you're going to win the game. Um, and I, I think this team oddly enough, and I'll keep, like, I'll stick with the offense for now is like, they showed their moments, you know, like they certainly, you know, they persevered through all four quarters for lack of a better word. Like they had almost a chance to, you know, drag themselves out of that hole when it was um, only a 10 point game. Love made some really great throws under pressure they had some big-time moments. I'm not going to debate the time clock thing because it happened, um, but it was an amazing pass. You know, Samori Turi comes up with a big one. So, like, I think in the future you look at this game and you're like, okay, there's some things we could fix from a play-calling perspective. There's some things that we can fix from a personnel perspective. Like, those are, like, tangible things that we can change. And then hopefully, you know, these offensive players are just – I think that was a sentiment after their first loss, which is like, is this going to make you or break you? And I, I think they seem like a resilient enough team at this point that they're not going to let this loss break them and they're going to learn something from it because that's what you're supposed to do in these like early season losses. <laughs> it's like the only thing you can do. Um, but I find it really tough to look at a team come out of the gate in the first half and look like that just like period. Even if you are a bunch of rookies, even if you've never played before, even this is like, like I said, this is not like really growing pains. Like you're still professionals and you should be better prepared. And like, I'm a huge Mountain floor stand, but I think all of that kind of ends up falling a little bit on the coach. If your guys don't come out prepared, like that, that's on you. Um, I think back in the day when, this team was quarterbacked by Aaron Rodgers. you could put more on him in those big moments because he had played in the league for almost two decades. And, you know, he can rally the troops mid game, but it's just not something you're going to see from really anyone on that side of the ball yet, because they're all so young. Um I don't know, just tough, like just a really bad first half and just like four quarters of the ball.
2: And I think that's, that's really challenging too, because we have said ad nauseum on this show already that like the goal of this season is to evaluate Jordan love and you're getting a good glimpse at who he is and can he lead drives and can he complete, you know, certain throws and he's looked good. You know, I thought one of the, like at least one of the interceptions was absolutely not on him. It was the right read and it was a miscommunication kind of thing. Like, so anything you get on top of the evaluation of Jordan love is icing on the cake like we've said that this offense you know this could be a 7 and 10 team this could be a 10 and 7 wild card team like whatever happens there's a, a main goal and a focus but it does become int- like there is the question of like why does this team have some challenges when it comes to like getting up for big moments and i i think Matt LaFleur's teams do respond to adversity i think we put that narrative to bed in yes. week 3 against the saints like that's not something we need to rehash but it's a division game. It's at Lambeau Field. You know, you're hosting division rival for first place in the NFC North and things just feel flat. And I just like, I don't understand, I guess, where that disconnect comes from because the vibe of the locker room all week, like guys were like, Keyshawn Nixon said like, this is going to be a dog fight. Like we completely understand what we're going into. And I don't know if that's just what happens when things run away from you so quickly, but it just felt like nothing was going right. And There was nobody really, like, rallying the troops in that moment.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, again, I just,
1: I think it should be Matt. And, like, we can dive into all different aspects of this, but I think, like, it just comes down to nobody did their 111 on the side of the ball. Like, a few players came up in some moments. Like, I think, actually, Romeo Dobbs had a really nice game, all
2: things considered. Um, you know? Like Watson did, too.
1: Christian Watson did, too. Like, and, again, he was on a snap count coming back. Um, But it's just such a game where if, like, all of your moving parts aren't operating in sync, it doesn't matter if a handful of guys try to drag, you know, the team to victory. It's, It's not going to happen. And I really do think that, like, this game shines a light on how important offensive line play is it is number one it is crucial like i said earlier i think it is the trickle down effect to everything else that happened and you make a great point with like this is such an evaluative year a for jordan love how can you even evaluate him if he can't even get his throws off because he's on his back (laughs) and b we're evaluating everything else too And you can't really evaluate your wide receivers if your quarterback can't throw the ball and you can't really evaluate your running backs. If there's no holes to block up and you just have to take a look at this. And offensive line has been like such a strength for the Packers. And it's very odd to all of a sudden have this game happen. And you're like, Oh no, you know, injuries have plagued them, unfortunately. And now this is where we're at. And like, you should not have Royce Newman be a starter on your line period. Um, Like you mentioned, Josh Myers. I actually think he was probably the only one that held up, like, somewhat okay. He had a couple good snaps. He had a couple moments. Like, even Zach Tom, he's out there, like, playing on a bad leg. But, like, every single one of those guys gave up um, multiple pressures, and every single one of them, except Zach Tom, was credited for one of the sacks. So, yeah, it's just, it's just rough. Um, I don't have a ton of positives to say other than, you know, there were a couple of like nice big moments and Keith Rose. And I like to see Jordan like not getting rattled still, even in a game where he obviously did not play his best. And through two interceptions, I agree with you. One of them I don't think was his fault, Um, just that was a legitimate, I think like growing pain moment of just him and receiver not being on the same page. And I, hopefully that doesn't, I think given the kind of player we've seen Romeo Dobbs be, I don't think that's going to be something that's, that gets repeated. And his first one was the Lions film studying the Packers, Mm -hmm. like credit to them for coming prepared to this game and sniffing out a play that the Packers do regularly and often and capitalizing on it. Um... My only, I think, like, major concern for the games moving forward, because I highly doubt this is going to be a repeat performance, at least I hope not, (laughs) um, is just the the run game. And, like, we don't need to rehash it ad nauseum. That's just, I think, to differentiate all the problems in this game from problems that I see being actual future problems. Like, that's the only one, because it wasn't just this game where the Packers couldn't move the ball. Um, And the idea that you do have Aaron Jones back healthy and you still can't run the ball is that's like probably my biggest concern but I don't know
2: yeah I don't and know. I, I I like what you said about you know the evaluation of all of this talent right because the the wide receiving core is young like this is a core nucleus that'll be with Jordan Love for like four years like you you can call them having legitimate growing pains, legitimate growing pains, and they will get it fixed because they get to be together for a long time. Really unfortunate that Luke Musgrave left the game with a concussion because I thought he was going to have a big night. He's he's going to be fine. Like that receiving core in general, including the tight ends, I think will be fine. It's really hard to evaluate your two running backs who are both in contract years when there's no blocking. Yeah. And we set like the Packers are fantastic at drafting offensive linemen. That's not to discredit them from that. But the injury bug, and I think, you know, they they used to preach all the time starting your best five, and I was just surprised that they stuck with it. Maybe it was a continuity thing at that point, and they thought, like, hey, let's just survive this and see what happens. But yeah. Yash Nyman, you've got Sean Ryan, I know, came in a little bit towards the end, but you have to figure something out, especially if you're trying to put your quarterback in a position. There was a, There was a chance, right? When they were only down two scores going into the fourth quarter, it was like, okay, you're gonna need a little bit of luck here but it it's possible and it just I don't know the offense I think things get figured out you're hoping Elton Jenkins maybe can come back at least after the bye he might not be available for the Raiders but should be okay there that'll make a big difference but let's talk about the defense because I think the defense is a larger concern than the offensive line
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: I agree with you. I, before we switch over, I will say, like, I just want to see Matt maybe change up what he's calling. And, like, I I do understand the game plan going into Lions. I understand you don't want to run against this Lions defense, who's very, very good at that. And we saw it. I mean, what they get, like, 27 yards on the ground or something really embarrassing like that. Yeah. Um, So you want – you know, they're missing two of their starting um, guys in the secondary. But, you know, I I don't know. Maybe no one could have predicted the absolute, like, mauling that happened up front. Um, But I think for Love getting into a rhythm and getting his confidence up on some quick, you know – just quick throws to start the game is gonna be key. And I think that stands for the rest of the season, too. This is not like the last team that you're you know, you mentioned the Raiders. Like they're gonna go up against Max Crosby, right? Who is not the on best. the way? No, like who's <laughs> one of the best pass rushers in the league? Like Aiden Hutchinson had his moment last night. He's an amazing, amazing player. He was drafted second overall for a reason, but like, guess what? almost every team has an Aiden Hutchinson that you have to be able to block.
2: They play the Steelers. They've got to they play. A lot. The, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like
1: help is not on the way. I think they have the Rams later on this season, right? You're going to get Aaron Donald. Like this is, this is the thing. So the Bosa's. I know that Matt is capable. That's my other thing It's like, I've seen it. We have seen his scripted plays. I know he is capable of overcoming what they, what we saw on Thursday night. I just need him to do better right off the bat.
2: And I think this is a good segue, honestly, into the defense, because it's like, we've always talked about the Joe Barry defense being built to play with a lead. And when you had Aaron Rodgers, you were like, okay, historically Aaron Rogers plays with a lot of leads, right? Like he's not typically an underdog and you can kind of play a bend, don't break defense when you're able to put up points. And, Throughout the first couple games of the season, like Jordan Love in this offense, they were putting up points. I think they were like seventh in the league in, in points for they were averaging like 26 points a game. But when you get down, as we've now seen for two consecutive weeks, three technically really going into the Falcons game, you have to be able to like hang your hat on something. Yeah. And they they're never going to be able to hang their hat on the run defense. Jair was out obviously that's a that's a huge mark against your defense to not have an all pro but they weren't able to defend the pass they're playing like really soft coverage again like they're just not in positions to be successful and we saw Andy Herman tweet some pictures of it we've seen other people with pictures of just just the personnel packages that are trotting out on defense are really really questionable in certain moments and I just don't understand if it's thinking you're outsmarting the opposing offense like what goes into the rationale for certain like why would you go in a light box at the two-yard line what is the what is the purpose of doing that and why is like god I I don't even know why some of these guys were out there right like it's it's a you're at a goal line stand and you have Justin Hollins out there and not Rashawn Gary like or Preston Smith why why
1: yeah I mean that's coaching. Like there, there. I think there's like m- some pretty clear delineators, and sometimes we be- get very caught up in like, oh, Joe Barry when it was like really execution. But like that's coaching. Deciding who goes out there and what packages you trot out there is the coach. Um, I I don't we have an rubbing an r- our I, faces a lot. During the I don't podcast. have an answer. That's a pro- like. There are certain things where I'm like, okay, I can point to this and I can say, you know, when Jair is back that this will change or, you know, I know Rasul is going to get back into the film room and he's going to learn from this game. And I fully trust that. Like, again, the Lions credit. They did their damn homework on this team and they knew exactly how to attack the Packers weaknesses. And the Packers had zero answers on both sides of the ball. Right. So. Okay, but now how are you going to respond, and this is when I say like I'm a little less worried about the offense because they're always learning and growing. Mm -hmm. That's what they're supposed to be doing, regardless if they were 4-0. They're not perfect, they're not going to be perfect, they're too young and they're going to continue to learn, and I believe that, right, because they're a bunch of young guys that are just going to be sponges. But the defense, it's like, you have been together now for how many seasons? Even and with we are still
2: your third year,
1: yes. Yeah, and we are still doing this. Like we are still doing this, and it's just like I don't, ha- I don't know, I, I don't know because they have the personnel. I think to stop the run because I think that's still the problem. Is you get to yeah. like we'll use our example, right? We're at the two yard line. Even if you are worried even if you are concerned that you think Jared Goff is going to throw two yards. I don't know why you would be, but here you are. You have David Montgomery knocking. You go to stop the run because I personally actually do trust my corners on the boundaries to go and make a play on the ball. I don't like, that's what you have to do. If you are building this defense right, to stop the big play, and you put all of your eggs in the basket of your secondary to go and make plays on the ball, which they don't, but yeah. that's the theory, right, is that, that that's what this is predicated on is stopping the pass, then you have to trust that they are going to do that and focus your energy on stopping the run, but they did neither of those things in this example. So if you're going to do neither of those things, then guess what? You are going to lose games by three scores and you are not going to get off the field. And I think every team now, and you're seeing it have a blueprint for this Packers defense, which is continue to run the ball until they show you they can stop it. Because like, let's be real here. Bijan Robinson, amazing back generational talent. We can be fine with that. David Montgomery, He's your pretty average RB1. You're going to see one of those in every single game. And, like, sure, I think he had a little bit of, van- of a vendetta because he said going into this game he had never beaten the Packers after playing with the Bears. So, sure, he's got a little juice. But like, man, defend your house. Like, defend your house. It's so painful to watch. He ran how many? 30-plus carries. Running backs don't do that anymore. And guess what? The Raiders are going to do this with Josh Jacobs. And every team following is going to continue to do this until somebody does something. And I think they had, like, again, just all the answers. They double teamed Kenny, who's pretty much your only, like, all-pro run stopper. TJ Slayton, I think, actually had a pretty good game, although he missed, like, one key. Like, David Montgomery, like, juked him. I was like, no, TJ. But, like, man...
2: Well, and, and you know, you talked about it going back to the, the red zone example. If you're banking on your corners, then you also have to bank on your pass rush, like Rashawn Gary. Like, Rashawn Gary can get home at the two-yard line. There's players on your team that are built for this. Like, this is what they're designed to do. And to take them off the field, it's, it's just on – it's malpractice. Like there's It no- is malpractice. Oh, it
1: just – it really grinds my gears because, like – you see the flashes of the players and this team. I mean, we literally just watched Rashawn Gary have a three-sack game, and then you go into this game, and the Lions' OL was banged up too. Like, there's no excuses here. They did not have all their starters, and you can't get to Jared Goff once. I mean, he was, like, barely, barely pressured. There's no creativity. There's no blitzes. There's no stunts. And I get it. Like, you are automatically playing from behind, you're on the field a ton. The time of possession was so out of whack. Yeah, but you kind of had to know that that was gonna be the case this season, given where this offense is. Right, you had to know that. And I just, I, I don't even know if it's just Joe Barry anymore. Like it's a Jerry Montgomery problem because this line is not prepared. Like it's just a whole mess. And I don't even think. I don't even think Jair, like, being back in this game would have changed anything, to be honest. Like, you you would have had your all-pro out there, and it still wouldn't have mattered because it's all about the line, and they got mauled up front again.
2: Yeah, and I mean, just these numbers are just beyond atrocious, right? In your two losses, you gave up over 400 yards of offense. Somehow, yeah. really weird, like, voodoo magic here, but two the year two losses, you gave up exactly 211 yards rushing. Like you can't even talk about how lopsided that is. And we said after the Falcons game, you're expecting growing pains from your offense. You're expecting three and outs. You understand that's going to be this season, but what you hung your hat on was, well, okay. Like if the defense can keep them under 20, Jordan love and co in a Matt LaFleur scheme can probably put up 21. Like, You're going to lose some games, obviously, but your defense is built to give up less than 20 points, and they should be able to do that with the players that they have in that locker room. So when you start getting gashed for... God, I mean, the Saints game was their best defensive performance, and they still give up 77 yards on the ground, which is fine. Like, it's sub-100, but...
1: But to, like, no... no, It wasn't even like Alvin Kamara was playing.
2: Right. It was Tony Jones Jr.
1: Like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just... The the defense really, really baffles me because, for me, it's obviously scheme. Like, you can't have these talented players, these players that you know can hit home. I mean, it, we see it all the time, right? It's they get a sack on first or second down, but they give up a third and long. Like, yep. that's that, that just, like, the microcosm of this defense. It's so frustrating. They can't get themselves off the field. They started off great. The first drive of the game. Great. If only all of that had happened for the rest of the game. Um I hope I don't know what I hope actually after this game for the defense. <laughs> I I
2: don't. I mean And here's Matt had a Go ahead. I was gonna say Matt
1: had a really great quote today when asked, like how you're gonna fix the run game and he basically called it the definition of insanity, what they're doing and he kind of listed out, I, I would, I'd have to go find it. I don't have it off the top of my head, but like he listed out a number of different ways that they can actually make some changes, like really concrete changes, obviously without giving away the the farm, the secrets. But like, again, I think I just go back to your head coach in a loss like this. It's like, what are you going to do when you go back into that building? Are you going to sit down with all of your you know, defensive staff and say, I'm putting my foot down now, like no more of this. We need to change this. Like the problem too, to me, and I'm curious your thoughts here is like, Matt's a very offensive minded coach. Obviously mm-hmm. we know that that's what he brings to the table. And that's what this team needs right now. They have a really young offense, a lot of really fun weapons. However, they need someone to kind of like, I don't know, bring it all together. Right. Take all the, you know, he has a palette paints, paints, All colors of the rainbow and he's taking it and he's putting it on the canvas and your defense should be it doesn't need as much attention it shouldn't need as much attention that he from him as this offense does right now and instead I'm sitting here like I wish that he would sit in all these like defensive meeting rooms and just and like I don't know Joe Barry needs some like micromanagement or some shit like I, I don't know what more to say, other than that it 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 can't it can't always be poor execution on the field. It was both in this game for sure, but
2: i I don't want to like reopen old wounds here because we've done that plenty on this show um and in past seasons, but it it's just a head scratcher when you go back and you look at things like the the championship game in Santa Clara that was Mike Patton you know like, like like what is this holistic problem with the Packers defense that regardless of who the coach is like is it two coaches with the same philosophy that don't execute the play Ben don't break is there an execution on the field from players like I think that the players like Joe Barry but do you need like a young guy to come in there and like shake things up a little bit like do you like I I just wonder where the disconnect is, and I I I actually go ahead.
1: I actually think like the answer is that is in the way they draft. Like I think that Gut and this front office like a certain type of player, right? We talk about it every offseason going into draft. This guy is high ras. This guy has this, like Lucas Van Ness. All these things, like, and they've invested all this, but they end up drafting very similar types of players and then you look at a run game and you're thinking about all the guys on the offensive line you're like well he's more really a pass rusher and he's actually really more of a pass rusher and you look at the d-line you're like he's really more of a pass rusher and you're like okay well like here's the the problem right and it's not to say that they don't have these amazing athletic freaks on the field I think it's more of like are you missing that like mauling D lineman? I mean, Kenny is that, but you double team a Kenny and then it's game over. You know what I mean? Devontae Wyatt, I don't know what he's meant to develop into, but he seems to be more of a pass rusher. Right. And, and again, like there's nothing wrong with having these guys, but like, and again, I am not a defensive line coach. So like, if I was, if I had the answers, I'd be out there calling them up right now. But like you have all these athletic freak pass rushers and it's kind of now like starting to bite you in the ass because you can't stop the run. And quite frankly, you're never going to be able to rush the passer if nobody passes the ball against you. Well, and
2: and even going back a couple seasons, what was the biggest criticism of the Packers defense? It was not having an athletic inside linebacker. And they finally have Quay Walker. And we can talk about all of yeah. that. But 19 tackles he was flying around and the Packers haven't had that speed and athleticism in the middle of the defense in a long time. So that is what you need more of. And I'm not trying to knock like Isaiah McDuffie. I think Devontae Campbell would have struggled as well. It was just, you know, the game was moving too fast last night to really like, you know, to pump the brakes, but they need more Quay. Like clearly when they go away from their preferred metrics, good things happen. Look at Jaden Reed on offense. Like, he, we were like, oh, he wasn't on any of our boards. We were like, no, he's just like a little undersized and he doesn't meet like their preferred metrics. Killing it. Killing yeah. It. I understand
1: that you don't draft for need. Like I do right. understand yeah. that, right? But at what point, like, do you like in your roster building, take a look at this and be like, this is what we're missing. And this is what we need to go get. And I do think that they've tried, you know I mean? They've, they got, you know, I don't know, Reed last season, he wasn't that good. They had Dean Lowry and he wasn't really that good. Like find your athletic freak D lineman to stop the run. Um, I do want to talk about Quay. Thank you for bringing him up Um, because I thought of anyone on the defense, he had the best game. (laughs) He easily, easily without question is number one on this defense after this game. I want to talk about the penalty because there were a lot of, a lot of comments on it. And I don't know if my opinion is just like a little optimistic or a hot take or whatever, but I actually like genuinely don't think he was being stupid. I, I think he was like, just trying to make a play on the ball. Like, I think he was like, Oh my God, my team is down. I want to block this kick and get him back in there. And like, I just don't think he realized he broke a rule.
2: And um, um, I think, the rule is confusing in and of itself yeah. because you can jump over the line. If you're within one yard of the line of scrimmage, you can't get a running start. So the fact that he took a couple steps and then jumped, that's like, I think that's kind of confusing. There were reporters asking Matt LaFleur, like, Hey, can we get clarification on the rule? Because like Troy Polamalu used to jump over the line. I think he's one of the reasons that they changed the rule. Like- so did
1: Cam Chancellor. <laughs> right. So, so like, all the people like, oh, my God, this kid, oh, he does is make mistakes. Well, Like, I am not equating this to what he did last season by any right. means. Right. But I would not, I would absolutely not put this in the category of someone who made a dumb mistake. I actually think he genuinely just didn't know the rule. I was confused. Do you know how many football games I've watched in my life? I probably know every rule there is. Like, you and I both do. Even though you said it, the reporters are like, can somebody clarify? Like, I was like...
2: That's not a, that's not a flag. Well, and I think it was confusing because it came in while they were getting ready to kick off. Yes.
1: Even the refs were like, had to be called to to be told that that was a flag. And I also think it's a little bit bullshit that they, the kick was up and good and then they reversed it. I think that's wrong. If you're going to call that flag, you need to do it like before it snapped. Um, That's just my opinion. So I give quite a little bit of pass and you know, he's kicking himself today. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, but I am not putting this loss on that kid. Like this was an all around poor effort from everyone. And he was the only one on defense doing what he needed to do. Um, I, I think it was the dagger to their comeback. But quite frankly, I don't think this team deserved a comeback. Well, Imagine I- if they had come back against the Lions and like, oh, now every every fault that happened is like we get to gloss over it because look at what they did. No, 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 no. You deserve to lose this game. Please go, film, study, self scout, and fix it.
2: That's that's exactly what I was gonna say. If if Quay doesn't do that and the field goal stands. We're giving this team a lot of credit. And I mean, th- there was a momentum shift. Like, you could feel it a little bit. But to think that that would happen again. And uh, this season's fluky. We talked about a driving home from the Saints game. Probably should have won the Falcons game. Probably should have lost the Saints game. <laughs> like this Like No, this game, I think, and I think Matt LaFleur has said this previously. We've talked about it on the show. The problem with resiliency, it's great. I mean, there really aren't that many problems with it, but sometimes when you're able to come back in moments of adversity, it masks deficiencies. Yes. And this is a game, you don't want to mask anything. You want to take the mask off and confront it and identify exactly where the problems are. So as fun, as amazing as it would have been, and like the Jordan Love legacy to talk about him coming back from this game, like, and I I hate like the punch in the mouth thing because I don't, put all this on Lafleur. I think his teams have responded well to adversity compared to previous seasons, but you need games like this from time to time as a as a wake-up call. And I think at this point you're grateful that it happened in week four. And you've got a mini buy and then you have the Raiders and then you have your actual buy and then you mm-hmm. have the Broncos. Like this is still a winnable schedule and this is still a good yeah. football team. So snap out of it before things start to cascade. No a hundred percent. Um
1: I actually think we saw the resiliency, even, yeah. even mid-game, to even attempt to come back, you know what I mean, and um, put it all on the line for all four quarters until it was literally impossible simply because they were out of time. Um, so I agree with you. I don't think this is the same. But, yeah, just take a look at it. I Before we wrap up, let's just talk really quick about special teams because um, they also played – poorly and I don't understand like it doesn't matter what coordinator they just always seem to play poorly the one thing I will say because I'm not a savant when it comes to special teams but I appreciate Keyshawn Nixon wanting to make something happen I really do like I know that he's itching to have his moment especially when they're down Right, And he knows if I can just break a big one, if I can just break a big one, if I can just break a big one, like I can swing this for this team. And I appreciate that sentiment so much. It's the same, same thing with Quay. If I could just, oh my God, if I could just block this. I think you just have to take what's in front of you sometimes. And your team is getting backed up to the 10 yard line because there's always penalties and all these things like just kneel if it's in the end zone, just, just kneel, just let them start at the 25 and just kneel. If you see something get blocked up good, go for it. But I think he needs to start learning just like when to take a knee and give them the ball, at the 25 yard line.
2: I'm really glad you mentioned that because that um, I was going to say the exact same thing. I so admire the leadership that that takes and it's hard. You just had an all pro season. Like, you know what you're capable of, but I think Eric eager had tweeted out like midway through the third quarter or something. That so far in the game. Keyshawn had cost them like 42 yards of field position by yeah. repeatedly getting backed up. And when your team is down 20 points and there's a difference between starting at the 25 and starting at the nine yard line, you have to let Jordan love start at the 25 yard line, especially knowing that this offense has repeatedly going three and out. Like, there were a couple times that I was like, "Oh my God, they're about to get a safety!" Like Jordan Love is there's with this offensive line, we're, someone's gonna left. hold something. Like yeah, yeah. So just really quickly, um, before we wrap up because it is something that we've been doing, um, let's just fr- like fly through game ball, stock up, stock down, and favor play. Um,
1: game ball. Oh dear Lord. Quay. Uh, yours is Quay. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I give it to Christian Watson. Okay,
0: touchdown when
1: he when he comes back. Big reception, twenty-four yard reception, then touchdown. Good, good for good for nine. It's, it was really good to have nine back.
2: Yeah, and you can just tell the presence that he has in the field. Like he sh- he takes coverage. Really excited to see what this offense looks like. Yeah. Um. All right. Stock up, Christian Watson. <laughs> um.
1: Stock up. There's a few guys that I feel like kind of still made their mark in this game. I would say Romeo, but I don't know if we can really have higher stock on Romeo, but I just do really appreciate the level of like security he's bringing to love, even in the miscommunication, right? That aside, I'm actually going to go with Tucker craft though. Okay.
2: Because I I thought of him the sec, I thought of you the second that he caught that ball.
1: Because Tucker craft has played like literally zero snaps on offense yet. Luke Musgrave, leaves with a concussion and you're looking at like a Josiah DeGuara, and who knows. And Tucker came in and did some nice things in his like very limited opportunities. First uh, caught pass in the NFL. And if this hadn't been such a shit show of a game, I feel like he would have caught a few more.
2: Yeah. I'm a, I am i do not think his stock can really honestly get any higher at this point, but I'm going to say Anders Carlson who remains (laughs) on the season 50 yard field goal. We ragged on him a little bit there were concerns right should they bring in a vet he has just silenced every criticism from the offseason from training camp from the preseason 100 percent. good for him uh all right stock down i mean <laughs> the offensive line literally the entire offensive line all of them yeah cake easy all right did you have a favorite play um, I mean,
1: we're gonna ignore that it may have been a delay of game, but that deep shot, I mean, they have not been able to connect on that deep shot yet this season. Like, they've been going yep. for it and going for it and going for it. And, like, what a time to connect, truly. Um, So that was probably, I shrieked. Like, I literally shrieked. I was sitting on my couch, I was very feeling very dejected, because uh, this game was sad. And I was like, oh. Huh! <laughs> so that was a highlight.
2: I think uh I think mine was the Jordan Love keeper for the touchdown because I just mm. it was it was reminiscent of the Saints game, right? Like it felt like a, just a momentum builder and like you can tell that he's going to be one of those guys. We said it on the show like please slide more. You know, like please protect yourself a little more, but he will fight for every yard and he will make plays with his legs when he needs to and that kind of felt like a like a do it all moment from QB1 and We'll touchdown! So, all right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up a disappointing Week Four on Thursday Night Football?
1: Um, I'm really glad this team has time. Yeah, I think the quick turnaround was really tough, and they're going on the road, so they're just like they need time. They need time with themselves. They need time to heal. Um, that's all. It, I, I'm not like. The sky is falling. Even when watching the game, I was like, "The sky is not falling. This is gonna happen." Quite frankly, I just think the Lions are a really good team. I really think they're a very good team. They beat the Chiefs. Like they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead during their like Super Bowl naming ceremony. Like this is a very good team. Um, and we said it in our preview show, right? Like this is the best team they faced so far this season, and they got their ass kicked. So. Just learn from it and move forward.
2: I was going to say, this has to be a measuring stick game. Like, this is a litmus test. We said it. It's week four. Don't sound the alarm. But there are plenty of things to be alarmed about in the performance. And if you can correct those now, you have three quarters of the season left to, to go hog wild and make things happen. But if you don't start to correct these things while you have the breaks to actually really dive in, then obviously there's room for concern. But sky's not falling yet. Sucks to lose a division game, especially at home, but neither here nor there. It's week four. We will be back with a Raiders preview in week five, Monday night football. Um, So we're just, we're not getting a Sunday game for a very long time, guys. Not until October 22nd. So just buckle up because we got, we got a ways to go, but thank you as always for listening to this show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J Loney. Thank you for following along with us on YouTube, subscribing to the show. If you listen on any of the audio platforms, thank you so much for downloading every week. It really helps out our listening numbers. And we're excited. This is a team to be excited about, even when games aren't fun to watch. But that is all the time that we have. And go Petco. Go Go Petco.